Whether I'm turkey hunting, scouting, or glassing for game, I never go into the woods without my Vortex Optics. With their VIP warranty, I can go with confidence because it'll replace any glass damaged in the woods. I dropped my binoculars out of the deer stand last fall, and Vortex got me fixed up and back in the tree in no time. Vortex makes the highest quality and affordable rangefinders, binoculars, and scopes on the market. Y'all check them out at vortexoptics.com. You're listening to the Ozark Podcast, presented by Inland. We sit down with men and women from the Ozarks that have a passion for the outdoors. Our aim is to listen, learn, and pass along their knowledge and experiences to help you become a better outdoorsman. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Kyle Lee. If you want to watch exclusive full-length video episodes with each of our guests, receive a free Ozark-inspired sticker every single month, and get a shout-out on a future episode, then sign up for the White River Club on our Patreon. The link is in the show notes, and your support goes a long way. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe. Now, here's the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozark Podcast. You've got Kyle Veet on the mic, as always, and I am joined this morning at Ozark Mountain Grill um, by my two good buddies, Adam Treese. How's it going? And Kyle Plunkett. Morning. Good morning. It is early. It, it is, is early. It is early. And we just had daylight savings time, so um, we're getting more daylight on the back end of the day, but waking up this morning was dark. It was, it was weird, yeah. It was dark, and it was I was wanting to stay in bed for sure. Mm-hmm. But... It's, um, it's right today is we're we're sitting here in March. We're coming up on the the end of March and, um, the weather is getting warmer. And and what we wanted to do today is just kind of share a few spots. Obviously as, as it gets warmer and warmer, we're going to want to be outside fishing, uh, more and more. And so for us today, we just want to give you all a few good locations that if you're, if you're looking to get outside and you don't know where to go and you don't know where to fish, um, we've got a few spots that we like to hit up, um, some, some favorites in the Ozarks. And so that's what we want to do. Um, the three of us, we've, we've kind of picked a, a you know, handpicked a few streams, rivers that we like to go to, and it may be trout, it may be bass, um, it may be something else. But we just wanted to go through and kind of give you all some good information, help you all get outside. And um, if you've got questions about any of these places, we'll try to explain them a little bit and give you some some tactics that that we use on them just, you know, at a high level. But if you've got questions, always feel free to reach out. Um, So to start, I think, you know, whether it's fly fishing or it's spin fishing, it doesn't really matter. The main thing is, you know, just getting outside is is the biggest part. And so uh, to start... I know, Kyle. We've we've talked about um, obviously one of the, one of the main places that comes to mind when you think about fishing, especially in Arkansas, especially in the Ozarks, is the White River. Um, and so I want to I want to start there because I think that's what most people think of when you're thinking about fly fishing, which we like to do. Um, we're not just talking fly fishing this morning, but um, obviously the White is it's a long river system. It's got multiple spots. There's um, fly fishing, there's spin fishing, there's trout, there's bass. I mean, depending on where you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's just, let's talk about the white a little bit. Cause you and I, we've spent quite a bit of time on the white in, in a lot of different spots, right? 
Uh, absolutely. Do we want to start with lower white? Yeah. Or up closer to Bull Shoals and uh, the trout water? Let's let's start with um, let's start with the obvious. Just Bull Shoals, the obvious spot. Yeah, the obvious. Okay. Yeah, if you're looking for a good place to go and um, really get into fishing in the the warmer spring and summer months, I don't think you're going to have a better place to go than the White River. Um, it's a hundred something miles of trout water, I yeah. think, below Bull Shoals, and it can be phenomenal wade fishing. As um, there's bug hatches, and I know um, March, April, May, you get some of the the caddis and mayflies and some of those emergers that are coming up out of the, the river system makes for some really fun nymphing, swing, uh, fly fishing, and also dry fly fishing in the uh, the early early kind of spring, early, or I guess late spring, early summer months. Uh, as far as favorite access spots, I love just going straight to the dam and floating on a boat as long as we possibly can. We've run out of gas a couple times yeah. <laughs> going that route. We have. Um, but the the dam just at the state park, it's a great access. All that's kind of catch and release, but there's some huge fish up there. Um, yeah. I also know <laughs> Rim Shoals is a good access place. Wildcat Shoals. Where did we put in whenever we went as a group? We put in at Whitehall. Whitehall is another good access, which is which is up by the dam. Um, it's it's kind of around. It's not the one right at the dam. It's around the bend a little bit downstream. Mm-hmm. But that's a great that's a great spot to put into because. That's a good spot because you can drive up to the dam if you're in a you know if you're in a boat, um, and then float back down, mm-hmm. and you can just run that stretch all day long. You yeah. can go lower, come back up. Hmm. You Ca- can put in at Cotter too, right underneath the bridge, yeah. which is really kind of a cool place to fish. Yeah. That's like an a bridge I- iconic spot. Like that, you see the picture, spot. the picture of the bridge is just like anytime you see that, you're like, oh baby, like we're in Cotter, th- it, we're gonna catch fish today. Mm-hmm. Like I love. Just seeing a picture of that just makes me want to go <laughs> go to Cotter. Kyle, you mentioned you uh, like to wade fish it. Do you typically wade fish it, or do you typically hop in a boat up there, or what's that look like? I know it depends on the water flow, but... I typically am in a boat. I think okay. it's, if you want to go, if you want to catch a lot of fish and, and make sure you're hitting a lot of good spots, I think you probably want to be on a boat. You don't have to be on a boat. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I know there's some good guide services. There's even some good boat rental companies around there if you're looking to pay a little extra obviously if you have a boat like we do it makes it a lot easier we've kayak fished it before right which logistically is fun you're gonna need a couple cars um because yeah. you're not gonna be you're not paddling upstream <laughs> yeah, yeah um not a chance <laughs> you know you can drop a drop a car and and shuttle yourself back up and and float as much as you can but as far as wade fishing i, I think the white can get tricky especially here in the last five to seven years i think especially when we really started fishing it hard they uh, they upped the minimum flow amount. Was it five years ago? Maybe. I don't know. That sounds right. Yeah. I feel like there was a there was a stretch there for a while where we could pretty much guarantee if we were going to go to the white that we could get in on some low flow action at some point. Yeah. In the day. Yeah. And you could wait across the whole thing in some spots. Right. And we catch a lot of fish that way. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they've upped the minimum flow, maybe just to keep the water healthier, the trout healthier. I don't know if it's a a power thing um what it is but i feel like the minimum flow now being higher most of the time you can wade you know you can always technically wade fish you can stand on the bank walk out three right. or four feet and, and cast your line 
the problem with the water when it's really moving is you're just do you're doing so much casting and mending <laughs> yeah. that your fly or your lure is hardly in the water at all. Yeah, you um, can't keep it in the water. You can't keep it in. So if you're gonna wade fish out there, there's um, it's probably in your best interest to go find a, a, a slower bend or some some spot on the river with a lot of structure where the water maybe slows down behind it. Um, yeah. You know, you're thinking big boulders, big logs, that kind of thing, where you can kind of fish behind it. The water slows down. You can be successful that way, but you're you know you're looking at ten to twenty fish rather than a hundred fish, right. that kind of thing, because yeah. you're you're fishing one spot. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, it can be tricky out there with the big water. The white is just it's a big river, uh, and you'll see it as soon as you pull up on it. I mean. No matter where you go, pretty much from the dam and below, it's big water. And now if they're running minimum flow, it's, it's not as bad, and there's lots of spots to wade um, and access that way. But if you think about it, it's like Kyle said, it's like a 90-mile fishery um, and about 40 miles down. So it's Bull Shoals Dam releases, and then 40 miles after that, the Norfolk Dam releases into the white. And so that's why you have such a long... Um, fishery there gotcha. mm-hmm. and so if you think about 90 miles like there's a lot of different spots a lot of different structure you know some spots are going to be better for waiting some are going to be better for for you know putting a boat in where there's a ramp and stuff like that so mm-hmm. um, it's pretty versatile um, and it's just it's an all-around great fishery I mean mm-hmm. it's it's one that people travel from around the world to come mm-hmm. right fish that so as as myself coming in as like not a very experienced fly fisherman what would be like some tactics or things to to do whenever you go fly fishing in the white because i know you said it's big water running fast probably do you use dry flies do you use an indicator most all the time i mean the different types of flies i'm not really aware of yeah yeah at at a high level i mean without getting too specific i think so if you think about trout in general like i want to say 80 percent of their feeding is subsurface so you always think about fly fishing as throwing a dry fly, floating it on top. Right. You know, just that picturesque kind of scene in your head. Yeah. Which can happen. Which can happen. But it's it, rare. And it does. Um, but, you know, for you to go out there and to only fish dry flies when you know 80, 80% of their feeding is going on under the water, you'd be crazy. I mean, you know, you'd be crazy to, okay. to ignore that and to not do that. Now, there are some people who want to go out there and just fly fish, and that's what they like to do. So, you know, power to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, typically you're going to be running, um, some kind of sinking or wet fly, uh, whether it's a nymph or a midge, um, or just some variation. Of I that. remember you guys went over what, like last year, two years ago, and you were committed to throwing big streamers for Browns. Yep. That's another, that's another tactic. Is that um, a certain time of the year? It, yeah. It, well, you can throw streamers year round, but it's, um, there's definitely when you get into like the winter months, uh, especially when you're up by the dam. If you're and we've talked about it before with um, with Dudley, whenever there's a shad kill, um, or just in the winter months, that seems to be a great time to to throw big streamers just up against the bank, and gotcha. you're you're hunting those big browns that are kind of tucked up against that that bank where there's mm-hmm. a shelf sticking out. Yeah, uh, I think we used to be. We used to be scared of the white. You're you're talking about low flow and and kind of what's best tactic. It used to be. I mean, in my mind, it was such big water. I didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. But since getting a boat, um, I think that's if you're going to go after the white, you got to be in a boat if you really want to have just an awesome day out there. Yeah. And uh, our boat's outfitted with oars, so you're able to have one person row and keep you in just at the same pace as the river, um, so your drift lasts longer. Um, I know when Kyle and I go out there. 
if we're throwing dries at them, a lot of times it's for maybe an hour on the back end of the day as the water warms up and right. bugs are hatching. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, we're throwing subsurface stuff all day long, catching fish, and then you can see when a hatch is happening because there's bugs coming off the river, and then you're seeing the trout actually rise after the bugs. Gotcha. And then it's right. a fun way, like, oh, it, you know, the last hour or however long that is when the water's warm, you throw on a dry, you're ending the day with, with the, a pretty fun way to fish. Um, yeah, gotcha. That makes sense. It's, yeah, it's a great fishery. It's awesome. And it'll, you'll learn a lot just by going to fish it because, like Kyle said, like, we, at first we didn't know, and we'd go over there and we'd strike out and we'd, you know, we'd have had rough days. But the more you go, the more you learn. And, um, and yeah, when you have a really, like, minimum flow day, they're not generating a whole lot of water, what that, that sun, and it's sunny out, that sun is piercing through the river, it's warming the river bed, and that helps um, insects to hatch, and then they come to the top. Mm-hmm. So usually you see your hatches in, like, the late morning, early afternoon, kind of as the day goes on, and if you start seeing that, that's when it's time to put mm-hmm. on a, a dry So flow. over there as a fly fisherman in a boat, which do you guys prefer, which is considered better, like high flow or low flow? Um, I don't know that... I would say either one is better than the other. Okay. I think, you know, high flow is tricky because you just, you have to put on so much more length onto your, onto your setup, basically. Mm-hmm. Whether you're fly fishing or not, um, it's kind of, you know, it's the same. But um, if you're waiting for sure, minimum flow, it just depends. It, it changes your style. I, don't, I wouldn't say one is mm-hmm. better than the other. Okay. Let me get a little technical for a second. My favorite time to be out there is if it is going... From low flow up to high flow. Okay. So to be out there as the water's rising is when you want to be fishing. Why is that? That for whatever reason, they turn those generators on and it's kicking food up and those fish are ready to eat. If it's high flow dropping down to low flow, I'd rather sit and look at the water. Yeah. (laughs) For the most part. Yeah. You can catch some fish. It just gets tough. Yeah. Um, But if it's steady, if it's steady high or steady low, I don't think it makes a big difference. Yeah. Um, it's, It's those days where they... They go in between high and low multiple times a day that can really throw off your fishing. Um, but it's still, I mean, just awesome to be out there. It's yeah. worth it. Yeah. It's, and it's beautiful scenery, too. It's absolutely beautiful. So that's Blowable Shoals. Mm-hmm. Um, and the white, the white is really like, I think that, that's the staple of the Ozarks because, like we said, it, it runs all through um, It runs all through the Ozarks. And so the Bull Shoals spot is, is obvious. Um, but there's also a couple other places uh, one of those being beaver, and I know we've all fished beaver a lot just because we're here in northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. It's super close for us. Um, Adam, what do you, the times you've been up there, what do you like about beaver? What do you like going about? Yeah, I mean, it, it's very convenient for people in northwest Arkansas. It's only, I mean, right now we're in Lowell, and I bet we could get there in 40 minutes. Yeah, about that. that sound right? Um, but then Kyle said one thing about the white that, that I realized about beaver that's so good is you don't really need a boat unless, you know, the water's really moving. Um, it's it's a lot smaller of a fishery or body of water. Um, I know you guys say that you you've been out there and sat on a corner or a bend all day and caught a hundred fish or oh, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, easy. Um, and that's no lie. Yeah, it's happened multiple times. Yeah, and I believe it because <laughs> I've done it too. Um, so I think that's a big thing about beaver. It's it's convenient. That's where I actually learned to kind of trout fish. Um, mm-hmm. Whenever I'd go and sit in a lawn chair and yeah. throw power bait out, and mm-hmm. which is fun, that's how I learned too. Yeah, at, I, up at Beaver. Yeah, um, catch a lot of fish. Not nothing really crazy, but it's really fun. Like you said about with the white, and I think any like trout 
fishery. It's going to be really pretty, um, just really scenic and and fun to be be there, especially in the summer and whenever it's getting warmer. Yeah, I love being there whenever it's so hot to do anything else, and you go get under the dam and it's a nice breath of fresh air. Yeah, absolutely. I I love Beaver. I think um, it's like you said, it's convenient. What what I like about it is it's not intimidating. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the it's the place I will take someone yes. who's wanting to get into trout fishing, fly fishing, whatever it is. Because if you go on a low flow day, you go to a spot. I mean, you, there's a lot of different spots you could go on a low flow day. It's not a long fishery for trout. Um, Only eight or nine miles. Yeah, not super long. So um, there's a there's a couple different access spots up by the dam. Yeah, you can go stand a few hundred yards away from the dam yep. and wade fish. Yeah, there's Parker's. Parker Bend, there's David Knowles access. There's a, like a handful of different accesses mm-hmm. there along the road um, over there. But it's just a great spot. That's where I took my wife, Kinsey, to learn how to fly fish on low flow days mm-hmm. where the water's pretty consistent. You you know, you can look at the schedule and see when it's going to rise. But um, it was just, it's so easy to get out there and, you know, to spend the morning. It's not a full day trip. Yeah. It's just easy. Yeah. I, I like what you said. It, it's not intimidating. I feel like... Kyle, you mentioned, Kyle Plunkett, you mentioned earlier that the white can be intimidating, big water. I mean, guides everywhere. People know what they're doing out there. On the, over, below Bull Shoals. Yeah, below Bull Shoals. Um, beaver, you go out there and there's families, people not even fishing, just sitting on the bank. I yeah. mean, uh, I love it out there. That, like, I did the same with my wife. I've taken her out there. She learned how to trout fish. Um, we were in a boat that time, but I fished it probably half and half from the bank and from the boat. Yeah. Um, and I've done better in the boat just because you can obviously fish more water. Um, you can fish it whenever the water is generating a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then if you guys listened to our last podcast with, or maybe two episodes ago with Christy Graham. Yeah, Christy. She hinted that there might be a monster or a couple monster fish down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 She said it was the biggest brown she's electrofished hands down across yeah. across all of the fisheries yeah. Arkansas. which was super surprising to me just because beaver is not known as you know a great fishery it has trout in it but whenever you're comparing it to the white and the norfolk and tanny como and all these things um it says a lot yeah yeah people sleep on it maybe a little bit more than they should yeah beaver <laughs> may be it may be the one body of water as far as trout go in Arkansas, that I would much rather fish it off the bank. Like, if I'm going to be out there and it's it's high water, it's fun, and I enjoy it, but I love a day of low flow on beaver because mm-hmm. you can wade across it. It's you so You can low. access so many different spots. And, yeah, it, it, when it gets that low, it's so small that, I mean, what, it, what do you think? It's maybe 70, 80 feet across, maybe a little bit more, 100 feet across. Yeah. It's small enough that you know that all the fish are just right in front of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just in the deep pockets right in front of you and uh i don't know i love i love those days out there before they turn some water on yeah um because you i mean you're standing on the bank catching fish after fish yeah. after fish but, after fish and maybe we mentioned that whenever we had dudley on the podcast um but i went out there with him one day and they were running water as a summer evening like we got out there at call five or six yeah we cut catch like 70 fish in, in an hour or two then they shut off the water and by that point you can see everything. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trolling around with this trolling motor, and I'm not casting it to spots where there's a bunch of little fish. Mm-hmm. I'm picking the fish that I want to catch. Oh, that's cool. Because, 
like you'd cast your jig out there and sight fish and you're gonna get a bite or or catch something um so whenever it's low water it gets so low that you can sight fish really easily especially from a boat um but it was really cool i've never like not casted two fish you're like you were sight fishing basically oh yeah exactly i was like I don't want to cast there. There's fish. Uh, you're not, not really small. that big. Yeah, because then, I mean, I don't want to spook off the other fish or whatever. Yeah, um, that's cool. But beaver's got it all, man. Yeah. Yeah, beaver's great. They have golden trout. Yep. Right? Uh, I don't know. I think so. Yeah. I've seen signs. I've never caught one, but yeah, I've seen signs <laughs> the down word, there. The word on the street is there's maybe golden trout out there. I don't know. I, I Golden rainbow. Golden rainbow Kills trout. Movie. Sorry, the yeah, that's true. Golden rainbow <laughs> trout. Yeah, we have to be specific here. That's right. Um, yeah, beaver's awesome. You can also rent kayaks and canoes um, at the Beaver Tailwater if you're looking for a, a non-fishing activity with a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of my favorite things to do in the summer is to get a kayak and then not be in the kayak for the most part. I just like floating in the freezing water. It feels awesome. <laughs> you just go as far as you can. I was going to say. Numb. It's so great. It's not really the best swimming river, I would say. Just because it is so cold. Unless you're brave. Unless you got <laughs> steel nads. I will you say. Have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're tough as nails, that is, uh, I would not be want to want to be swimming. Or in if that it, water. I mean, if it's a hundred degrees, if, it, if, if it's, it's so hot, hot yeah. yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, have you guys ever been spoonbill or paddlefish fishing? Mm-mm. No, I haven't. So it's one of my favorite things to do in the spring. Um, it's usually whenever. We get floods, and the fit or spoonbill go really upstream to, to spawn, and, and this is kind of the time of the year, March, April, early May. Um, and I know there is spoonbill below beaver. Christy mentioned it, too, on the, on the episode. Yeah. Um, which, so I've done a lot, but more in Oklahoma. I know there's some on the White and, and Fayetteville area, um, but we should all get out there and, and go snag some I would love awesome. I would love to just learn how to do that. I, I mean, I know you're basically throwing it out there and it's, yeah, it's ripping it easy. back, trying to foul hook them, right? Yeah. Yeah, you get like a 10-foot pole, um, a big sinker, and a big treble hook, and you cast it out there and basically just whip it and Yank try it. and smack them in the face with a hook. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but they're really hardy fish. Like They're big, too, aren't they? Huge. Yeah. I'll have to show you some pictures. I've got, uh, I've got one final plug. For the white. Um, In between, I guess it's technically in between bull shoals and beaver, the white flows through northwest Arkansas as far as Goshen. and. It's actually before. Is it before? Yes. Before beaver? Yeah, so it goes, the White River flows through and goes into Beaver Lake, um, south, like south Fayetteville over in that area. Right, so in between bull shoals and the beaver tailwaters. Would be up in Missouri. Ah, yeah. So, the uh, the white where you're talking about over in Goshen, mm-hmm. that is actually before it goes into Beaver, which before the Tailwaters, which is before Bull Shoals. It actually goes um, Beaver Lake, Beaver Tailwaters, Table Rock, and then Tanny Como, Tanny Como, and then Bull Shoals, and then down into the white back into Arkansas. That's right. Okay. So you're okay. talking about the the warm water stretch before it goes into Beaver Lake. Yes. Okay. That, if you're just looking for a place around here to fish, yeah. um, that whole stretch of water, and it, you access all over the place. I mean, you can just look on Arkansas Game and Fish's website as far as uh, public access points. I know they have plenty of them right. all around, even the Springdale area, kind of the back end of, of Beaver Lake with the river and all of that. But um, if you're looking for some great walleye fishing, largemouth fishing, 
white bass fishing, crappie fishing, mm. you name it. Yeah. Classic <laughs> warm water, Some golden southern, crispies uh, fishing. Put in below at the uh, the twin bridges in Goshen. I know it's a pretty famous spot as far as the white bass run goes. Right. Um, you can walk up and down multiple different stretches of that river. You can be in a boat. doesn't really matter. Um, but if you're just looking for a, a, a great place to bring a family, um, really get into some, some easy fishing and, and catch tons of different species, I just quick plug for, uh, yeah. for that, that stretching Goshen. The, I yeah. love going out there and catching walleye, bass, and, yeah. and some white bass all about this time. I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear you say walleye. Uh, and it's only certain times a year. Right. And, and that... Well, talk about that day that we went out there, and it was I, it was like early spring, kind of around this time. It's about this time. Yeah. The walleye are moving right now. They're, yeah. I, my dad's gone out there a couple times already and caught some. Really? Yeah, so once the water warms up, I don't know where the walleye start. I, I think they're... In the lake, probably. the lake? Probably. I would think um, so, yeah, because they're more of a cold-ish water fish. Mm-hmm. They'd probably be at the bottom of the lake. I, I think. think what they're doing is they're, they're chasing the white bass spawning. So they're looking for eggs and, and whatever else or minnows and, you know, typical fish food stuff. But um, you can get in at the Twin Bridges area, 25, 27-inch walleye um, in two feet of water. Yeah. And if you go on a, a day that's kind of cloudy, um, they like that that dark cover. Kyle Veet and I have gone out multiple different springs with sinking lines on an eight-weight fly rod with a hand-tied lefties deceivers pattern, which is fancy word for white minnow right a little red throat that kind of thing on a big number two hook and uh you're just slowly stripping kind of dead fish patterns through these deep slow pools or or, you know some eddies as the water kind of swirls around that kind of thing and you're just pulling walleye off you know last foot of water yeah uh, at the bottom there and they're tasty and they're tasty oh man and uh that was the first time i'd ever had walleye mm -hmm. and the they've got this if you look at a picture of a walleye there there's a cheek there's like a cheek portion of, of their face behind their eyes that you can actually kind of carve out with a knife mm-hmm. and it looks like a scallop and it's like it's almost like a fresh and the texture is different than the meat itself too it's it te- al- it's te- it's textured like a scallop yeah it's almost like a freshwater scallop and if you ever catch a walleye and ever have a chance to try one of those it is so good put it in a little pan with a little bit of butter a little bit of garlic fried up oh man so this picture um, is about a 60-pound spoonbill, and that was right there at Twin Bridges. Oh, That's you caught so this cool. at Twin Bridges? Yeah, we got into them so thick. Dude. Oh, my gosh. That's you have to be huge. careful about where you can fish. Okay. So you can look it up online, um, Game and Fish. Yeah. But there's, like, you have to be within a certain, um, like, certain length to the bridge. Okay. Hmm. Um, but we were down there, like, white bass fishing, walleye fishing, like you guys... And I just kept seeing them surface and surface. And I'm like, holy crap, these are spoonbill. And I, and I hooked one on my little spin rod, went back the next day, and we just tore into them. Oh, and they're man. big, too. Yeah. But no one was out there doing it. That picture you just showed is you and your buddy holding one. It's about, what, six foot long, at least, if you were to stand it up? Yeah. And then here's another one. <clears throat> it's my brother, actually. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's insane. Looks like a dinosaur. Yeah, that is. We a, need to which do that. They're, they're one of fish. the two prehistoric fish. Yeah, that and the sturgeon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the white really, it's a lot of different. I mean, the river itself, it flows. It's long. It goes all through Arkansas. So there's a lot of different places to fish on there. Um, but yeah, over in Goshen, that area, the warm water stretch, super, 
Super good fishing. And if you're needing, needing some more technical information, we do have some articles up on our website if you want to check those out for more in-depth where we're at um, in the conversation, inland-us.com. That's right. Um, let's talk next about... Um, I, I want to talk about one of my... The first place that I ever learned to fly fish, which is actually probably the furthest river from here, um, is the Little Red River. Uh, the Little Red is the tailwater that flows out of Greer's Ferry Lake down kind of near Heber Springs. And um, that's another trout fishery. And it's just, in my mind, it's, it's, a, it's different than the White uh, and the Norfolk in that it, it's kind of, it's its own unique, it's removed away from those. It's not part of that same river system. And um, it, like I said, it, it's where I first took my fly rod fishing um, we went down there on a family trip, and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but it was a day that, you know, low-water day, I went out there, and I was able to catch my first fish on a fly, and I was like, man, this is so cool. Like, and so for that reason, it's kind of always held a special place uh, in my heart. But um, it's actually, it's it's an incredible fishery. For the longest time, people think of the white as, as big browns, um, but... It's actually home to a previous world record brown trout of like really yeah it was forty pounds, four ounces, and it's a really small river too, right? It's it's long. Um, it's not as big as the white below Bull Shoals, um, but it it does. It's a pretty sizable. It's okay. It's bigger than beaver tailwaters. Hmm. Maybe the pictures I've seen are like in cuts or something. It, all the pictures I see seem to be really like narrow and small. Yeah, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely narrow. Um, but it's it's long, and it's what I really really like about it. Uh, and Kyle, Kyle and I actually, after we graduated from college, we went on um, a week long trip where we were just like going to different um, places. We to, tried to hit every trout fishery. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. It was cool. We were just camping out um, for a week straight, and we were fishing every day from like sun up to sundown. And we spent probably two or three days down on the Little Red. We loved the Little Red. It was just such a cool river. It, it almost like you know, all all of the the trout fisheries when the water's cold and in the morning you get the fog rolling off. They all just seem magical. But the little red to me, just like I don't know, it, it was different. Um, I felt like I saw more wildlife when mm-hmm. I was down there. Like we saw mallards on the water, we saw deer walking through the woods. Like there were hoot owls all around us mm-hmm. and stuff. It just felt like a wild place. Um, yeah, the little the little red. If you're thinking. I don't know, the difference between the white below bull shoals and the white below beaver. Beavers, it, there's a lot of rocks and there's a lot of rock faces, which is beautiful in its own regard. The white below bull shoals, it's just a huge amount of water. All You know, there's trees, there's bank line, there's there's fields it's going through. So it is beautiful. The little red, it, it I think what sets it apart as far as just a beautiful place to fish is it seems like the tree canopy yeah. almost, almost on both sides of the river reaches over and touches itself at the top. So you're in... You're in kind of a shaded, un, I don't know, under a, a tree. It's like you're fishing in the middle of a forest. Yeah, um, that's what it for feels most like. the river. And so it's just a, it's a really special place to fish. Yeah, it really is. And it's, um, it's, it's again, you know, any tailwater, you're going to have the variable flows up and down. So um, if you want to, you know, if you're going to go down there, you want to probably be prepared, be ready to have a boat or access to a boat. But it's very weightable too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lots. There's a lot of different spots. Great kayak river too. Great kayak river. Yeah, yeah. I've done that with um, with Kinsey a few times. Um, it's actually where Kinsey she caught a brook trout over there in Arkansas, which is mm-hmm. hard to do. You don't. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of brook trout 
in our waters. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always one that she like holds. She's like, yes, I caught a birch trout. You've never done that, Kyle. I've never, I've never caught one. <laughs> Um, I know Josh Launch, who, if you guys don't know Josh, he was on the last podcast with John Sampier. Um, but he used to, he went to school in Washita, so he used to fish down there quite a bit. Oh, yeah. And the pictures that he has from down there are amazing. Big browns. And Kyle, like you mentioned, now that you say that, like the trees do go over the top of that river. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why I thought it was so small, because mm-hmm. it literally looks like a little creek running through like the forest. Yeah. Um, but man, he'll have to show you the pictures if he hasn't already. There's just big, beautiful browns. I've seen some, and he's actually told me some of his tactics on on that okay. that water. Um, we'll we'll have to have him on to to tell us some of the the tricks. I don't know if yeah. he'd be willing to divulge his information. No, he but. would be because he's told me hours worth of it, and I'm not a big fly fisherman, so he'd love to love to talk about it. Yeah, so. We love the little red. Um, that's another great spot if you're if you're looking to get out and, and get away a little bit. Is that that one's technically is that still in the Ozarks? Is that the Washita? I know it's it's Heber Springs. So down. we'll count it. We'll count it. Yeah, yeah. It's a great it's a great spot. Um, you want to go check out. Um, and then I wanted to mention too, obviously the buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, the buffalo is is one of the gems of the Ozarks. I mean, it's it's just incredible the scenery the bluffs alongside um just to go float it and spend a day out there you know in the national park camping hiking there's so much to do out there um but it's also a really good smallmouth fishery mm-hmm. um and i've been out there a couple times most of the times i've been out there i'll admit has been on a canoe where i'm just floating and i'm hanging out um, with a group of friends um, but i have fished it a few times and <clears throat> there's all kinds of fish in there um, warm water fish, um, you're, you're probably going to want to be floating. If you want to hit the upper buffalo and you want to be fishing that, you need to go kind of early spring before everything drops out and gets really low. Because as, as the summer goes on, there's just less and less water um, in that in that stretch of water. Do a of lot water. of carrying your canoe. Yeah, dragging, carrying. Dragging that canoe. And it's, uh, it, can be, it can be hard work. Not exactly ideal for a lazy day on the river, uh, <laughs> if that's what you're going for. Um, but... There's another stretch of the buffalo that I that I wanted to mention, and it's actually one that um, I'll be honest I haven't done it myself. We were planning on doing this float last year uh, for to fish, and um, it's the last 20 or so miles from Rush Access all the way to the White River. Mm-hmm. So the buffalo flows through, you know, the the Ozarks goes through Jasper that area down there, Ponca, and then it spits out at the White. Um, at Buffalo City. Mm-hmm. And what you can do is the last, like, 20 to 24 miles, it's this stretch where there's no other access. You're you're completely alone with you and whoever you bring on this trip. And you may, you may see a couple other people out there, but it's like a good two- or three-day trip uh, where you can go out there, you camp along the river. It's all national parks, so you don't have to worry about, like, private land and stuff like that. But... Um, it's supposed to just be insane fly fishing, not, you know, spin fishing. Mm-hmm. It's just supposed to be like smallmouth. It's there's more water down there before, cause everything's flowing down. All the tributaries are meeting up mm-hmm. down there. So, um, it's just supposed to be insane and no one fishes it because it is a two or three day trip and just less people have time to, to do that. So it's one that we, we didn't get to do it last year cause we got rained out. It was, we were trying to do it. And so that, that's the, the downside I would say is you, you have to, 
plan, um, and you have to get lucky with the weather because you don't want to get flooded out of there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? I was just thinking. <laughs> you're looking at me <laughs> laugh a little bit off off mic. Uh, the way that water comes into the buffalo, if you're not careful, like that river will kill you. Yeah, really? <laughs> yeah. If I, we've got horror stories of camping. What we thought was an, like an adequate distance off the bank and waking up to water being under our tent and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just that river will flood you out. So yeah. I just grinning thinking about the reason we didn't go is we were like, we could die. We're not doing this. Yeah, we're not, not trying, to, we're yeah. not trying to drown. It does sound like that's a pretty intense flow. It's like, cool, though. It sounds cool, but if you don't really haven't ever gone before or you're by yourself, probably wouldn't do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't do that by myself. That's something that, I mean... Me personally, I don't like to be alone for a <laughs> full day by myself. That's just me. But um, I, yeah, that's that's one you would for sure want to take someone, and and it's one that you you know you're packing in gear. You want to have you know obviously sleeping stuff, camping stuff for two mm-hmm. nights at least. If you want to take your time and go slow, um, you could turn it into like a three three night trip. Um, if you just wanted to fish a lot, but but yeah, it's a uh, it's not one it's not one that you're just gonna go do like haphazardly one day and bring minimal gear like you you want to be prepared for mm-hmm. that because you never know like you could get there and it could spot up a little bit of rain and water rises and or if it rains a lot um you know that water goes up quick it's an undammed natural river and all those tributaries flow into this one basically valley and uh you just you got to be careful with that mm-hmm. just you know the tailwaters are the same way you got to be careful water People, you got to respect water because, um, you know, it's fun when you're just swimming in it. But when that stuff is rising and you can't do anything about it and it's powerful as it is, yeah. you can get in trouble quick. Can you have motored boats on the Buffalo? That's a good question. I don't question. think so. I don't know. I don't think you're allowed to. You don't think so? Mm-mm. That would make sense because it's kind of mm-hmm. like it's a peaceful area over yeah. there. I could see them putting some kind of regulation on yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I would think that there would, you might occasionally... Whether it's allowed or not, you might see someone come up the white and go okay, on to yeah. maybe that lower stretch. You might see that, but it may not be allowed. I, I actually don't know the, mm. the rules on that. So, so there's the buffalo. Is there? Are there any other places that y'all wanted to mention? Um, just spots for people to go check out as the warmer, you know, the warmer weather's coming and people want to get outside and go fish. Uh, I'll I'll just say any creeks, any creeks around the area. I know around here. And, in northwest Arkansas. Um, there's a pretty good creek system that runs all throughout here. I know the Illinois River is down there. Yep. Have you guys ever fished that? I have, yep. I think I've floated it once. I can't remember if I fished it or not. Um, but I love going wading in a creek whenever it's a hot summer day. Um, cool water. Great, um, I don't know, just a great day yeah. to go out there and catch smallmouth, get a crawdad, colored or crawdad plastic on a on a spinning rod and i think you can fly fish down like in those small creeks pretty well too i just haven't ever done it um but i love that you can go catch 100 fish in a day and be happy and you can not catch any fish in a day and find a rope swing and be happy too so yeah those that that i'm glad you said that that's one thing that um i wanted to mention is any creek that's you know got a substantial amount or enough water to be a year-round creek that's close to your house mm-hmm. that goes through you know some local farms stuff like that you know get permission if it's on private land you're going to need permission from a landowner to get there but um but 
go explore, go try it because there's usually a couple good smallmouth in there. They're, they're, I mean, they're all over our mm-hmm. our creeks um, and ponds and stuff in the Ozark. So if just you kind of got to explore and go find some because we've done it a couple times and we'll happen on a spot that's just like a honey hole mm-hmm. and we're pulling in smallmouth left and right. And there was like two years ago, you and I went down to that creek, Kyle, and um, I caught like a. That was a huge smallmouth. Huge smallmouth. It, it was like an 18 and a half inch, if I had to guess, you know, three pound smallmouth. It was massive. And I caught it on a fly rod and just this random little spot that I would never think would hold a big fish like that. Yeah. We just asked a, a farmer if we could walk through their cow field yeah. and get down there and fish it. Yeah. Yeah. Any creek, that's a, it's a great that's a great plug. I'll, I'll, I'll add a couple more. Uh, the Kings River this oh, time of year is yeah. awesome. Um, great, great smallmouth fishery. You, you went can, uh, fishing on that a couple last summer, didn't you? Mm-hmm. What was I think that around like? Father's Day? Okay, I went twice. Maybe I went a couple weeks before Father's Day and liked it so much. I took my dad back out there. It was awesome. Um, wasn't fly fishing. I was using, you know, three pound test on a, a spin rod with a wacky rigged um, peanut butter and jelly worm, mm-hmm. which is just like I don't know, it's brown and purple. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, you're just dropping it in into deep pockets, pulling out smallmouth left and right. It's awesome. I, I like that one on a kayak the best. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Love yeah. the Kings River. It's a great half-day float, full-day float, if you want to make a little trip out of it on a, on a Saturday or something like that. And it's easy to get to, right? I, I, Very. I've done the Kings. I don't think I've ever fished it. It's been like a float trip type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but is, what, is that like an hour from town or? Maybe even less, some stretches of it. Okay. 45 minutes, hour or something Yeah, like that. That's the one you cross, like kind of going out 412, right? The tall bridge, and there's like a saloon-looking vibe on top of it. Yes, I think so. The, the yeah. gas station, Kings River gas station. Yeah. Like, yeah, and that's not that far. It's like 30 minutes from yeah. Springdale. I think. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not bad. Is that where you'd fish? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, and there's some there's some game and fish access that kind of thing. It's a navigable waterway, so I think once you get on the river legally, you can go up and down it yeah. any way you want. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um. And then maybe final one. The uh, just thinking trout here, but the Norfolk is another right, yeah. amazing stretch. Yeah. Close yeah. to the white, you'll go through Cotter, another 30 minutes past that. It's a little bit smaller. Excuse me, a little bit more uh, technical water. But if you're looking for a low-flow, walk-the-whole-thing type river, it's awesome. Yeah. You can uh, get in at the handicap access at the bottom or get in at the top of the dam and walk the whole four or five miles um, of fishable water. And there's just there's some great shoals, there's some great banks, there's some islands that are kind of in the middle of the water so you can fish off both sides um kyle v and i have brought hammocks out there and full days worth of food and uh gone when the water's low fished all morning when they turn the water on and it's high and you, it's hard to fish put a hammock up in the tree in the yeah. middle of the river <laughs> hang out the rest of the way wait for it to drop back out That's and if you cool. time it right sometime in may you're almost guaranteed a bug hatch um yeah i know that kind of may fl- or the what do they call it the mother's day caddis yeah 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 um those those bugs start going crazy uh, end of April, early May, and it's it's a lot of fun, dude. I love that. Yeah, the Norfolk is awesome. What the thing, and and I have no idea if this is true or not, but I feel like anytime I go out there, I catch more variety than anywhere else I go fish for for trout specifically. Because I go out there the, a few times, and it's like okay, I caught a brown, and then like the next fish I caught was a rainbow. And then I've never caught a brook, but I've seen them, like, floating through there. Um, Catch cutthroat a lot of time out there. A lot of cutthroat. Like, they're just – it feels like there's a lot of variety, whereas um, in some of the other ones, it's like, okay, this stretch, you're, you're going to catch a lot of rainbows, like, back to back to back to back to back. 
And when I was over at the Norfolk, the times I've been over mm-hmm. there fishing, it's like, it feels like no matter where I'm at, the next fish could be something different than mm-hmm. what I just caught. One of my favorite days out there, um, kind of late 2018, hot day, middle of July, I think, um, went out there, dry fly fishing only was the whole game. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted to do. And we were catching 17, 18 inch cutthroat off the top, just Gosh. fish after fish after fish after fish and you can see them rising so you're, you're yeah. like picking out which fish you're going for yeah and it's so fun to drop that tiny little elk air caddis fly right in front of them and watch them just sip it off the surface and yeah. you're, then you're in for a time it's yeah. it's a lot of fun it's a ton of fun i will throw one more in as well um down here in arkansas i feel like not many people talk about it but it's also are we good on that yeah we're good on time okay. um sorry let me restart that daniel um, one more little plug real quick. I feel like down here in Arkansas, we don't really talk about it much, or maybe I just don't hear people talking about it because they want to keep it to themselves. But up in Missouri, Taney Como, okay. which is still part of the White River chain or system, um, has some monsters. I mean, two a year or two ago, um, this dude just caught the second biggest brown trout in the world behind, I think it was like, a pound or something behind the world current world record um, and just countless numbers of big fish. That's where I first um, learned to jig fish with Dudley. Right. Um, we fished in some tournament up there and I've been to Tani Como numerous times because it's right there behind the Branson Landing or on the Branson Landing. Okay. Have, you, have you been there much? I've been, a, yeah, I've been to Branson okay. a couple times. Um, well, I've been there and I I just never thought that, that was a, like a river that held trout, but that's right where we fished, and I caught a big brown like right there behind the Bass Pro on Ban- really? Branson Landing. It was really cool. Oh, um, man, that's cool. So it it has some really big fish in it, some really big rainbows too, not just browns. Um, and it's not too far away, maybe like two hours from here, mm-hmm. hour and a half or two. So don't count that out if you're wanting to make a trip and go after some big fish. Yeah, and, and that's up in, um, you said Missouri, right? So you'd have yeah. to get, like, a Missouri license. And, right, true. Good point. Yeah, and go through Stay that. legal. Yeah, stay legal. Do, do everything you got to. But, yeah, there's, there's I mean, we, we just talked about rivers and creeks and stuff like that, too. Like, there's so many other places to go fish. Obviously, there's lakes all over the place. But there, there's so much water around here. And it's something that, um, you know, I've got family down in Texas, and we we just have so much accessible water nearby and mm-hmm. just kind of spread throughout the Ozarks and it's all like surrounded by beautiful scenery I mean it's honestly to me it's one of the things that I love about the Ozarks and, and Arkansas in general like the most because you know my family I mentioned down in Texas they've got little creeks and stuff like that but they're they're red clay it's it's dirty it's it's not the like crystal clear water like we see up here um, in our in our streams and it's just yeah. natural and Gosh, man, we're so lucky just to be able to be able to drive 15 minutes. I, I was at a swimming hole the other day with my dog, and I'm looking at this water. I'm like, this looks like something out of a magazine. It's right. crystal clear. It's so natural here. Yeah. And, and that's a good comparison to Texas. Texas has so many man-made lakes, mm-hmm. which we have man-made lakes here too, but all the little rivers and creeks and, I mean, man cannot make that pretty no. <laughs> of scenery. No. Um, and maybe that's why we're called a natural state. But yeah, it, 
it, you're right. It's hard to beat. Yeah, it's awesome. So I, for sure, just wanted to give y'all a few spots and encourage y'all to get outside and try to go. If if you haven't, if you've been to some of these, I'm sure you you know what we're talking about. But if you haven't, try a new spot. Go somewhere different. Um, I know anytime I've gone somewhere new, I've I've always been glad to know of a new spot. You almost feel like you're kind of adding to your repertoire. Mm-hmm. You're learning a new style that is catered to this one section or this one creek. Um, so it's it's always good to get out and explore and kind of test yourself and, and push yourself. And if you find a beautiful spot and you'd like to fish with us, reach out. Let us know. <laughs> let we'll us come know. fish with you. Let we also know. Yeah, yeah. And, and on that note, feel free to reach out. If y'all have any more questions about any of these places that we mentioned, tactics, um, you know, best places to access, we've got more information like that. Like Kyle said, we've got our, our website, inland-us.com, where we've got a, a little bit more information on each of these as well. Um, but, yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty much all we got for you guys. Anything else? Um, I will say I'm very excited for tur- turkey season coming up. That's right. Next month. Yep. So hopefully we might have an episode or something about that. Yeah. Um, maybe we can all get a turkey or maybe just one of us. Um, and gonna, then I'm getting a turkey this year. You're going to get a turkey. Do it. Let's do it. And then if you guys have any ideas or, you know, people that you'd like to hear us interview or maybe topics that we haven't talked about or that you'd want us to go more in depth on. I mean, these guys are really knowledgeable about fly fishing. So if you guys want to hear more about that, let us know. Absolutely. And that's all we got for y'all. Thanks for joining us today. And we'll see you next time. This podcast is hosted by Kyle V, co-hosted by Adam Treese and Kyle Plunkett and produced by Daniel Matthews. To sponsor an episode or for general advertising inquiries, reach out to us at the Ozark podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time. This podcast is presented by Inland Outdoors.